So we are going to go quickly through our main passage for today. Um, so I'm actually going to just, it's from Numbers 13 and Deuteronomy 1, and I'm talking about the Israelites here. <clears throat> and so this is when they had been camped at Mount Sinai. And um, God said to them, you've stayed at this mountain long enough. It's time to break camp and move on. Go to the hill. I have it. It's not, don't do it yet. <laughs> um, go to the hill country of the Amorites and the neighboring regions, the Jordan Valley, the hill country, the western foothills. Go to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon and all the way to the Euphrates River. Look, I am giving all this land to you. Go and occupy it, for it is the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to all their descendants. So when they get to this, close to this area that God has promised them, Moses says to the people, look, he's placed this land in front of you. Go and occupy it like God said. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Moses sends out one leader from each of the tribes, so 12 spies in all, to go and check out the land and see, is the land fertile and what are the people like that live there? So the spies come back and bring samples of food, including a cluster of grapes that the Bible says took two people to carry it on a pole between them. I just think that's so cool. Um, so the ground is very fertile, but um, they come back and say, the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there. So the people get really upset when they hear this, right? <laughs> um, and so Caleb, so Joshua and Caleb are two of the spies. Caleb quiets them and says, let's go now. We can do this. We can conquer this. But the other 10 spies say, we can't. They're stronger than we are. We felt like grasshoppers near them. And they start to spread a bad report among the Israelites. So the question is, whose report are the people going to believe? Are they going to believe the 10 spies who say, we can't do this, or Joshua and Caleb who can say, we can? So this is what the people are saying. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died here in the wilderness or in Egypt, why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives will be carried off to, as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? And then they plotted among themselves, let's get a new leader, someone who wants to do what we want them to do, and let's go back to Egypt. So Moses and Aaron fell down on the ground before the whole community, and um, <clears throat> Joshua and Caleb tore their clothing, and they said to the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is wonderful, and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely. Do not rebel against the Lord, and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid. The people begin to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb after they say this. And let me remind you that this is what God had promised them. This is what God had promised Abraham, that this was the land for them. So let's get a few examples real quick of biblical promises. A few examples of promises are from one person to another. A few examples are promises from a person to God, but the majority of the promises that we see in the Bible are from God to us. 
And the promises God gives us are trustworthy. We see this in Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man, so he did not lie. He's not a human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried through? What about Titus 1, 2? The truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. In Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. So the story continues, excuse me, and God talks to Moses about the Israelites, and he says, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me? Even after all the miraculous signs I have done, I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. (laughs) Moses pleads with God at this point, and he calls upon the conversation that he has with God, where God tells him that he is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in love. And he says, that's who you say you are, so how can you kill these people if that's who you say? Um, The Lord says, I will pardon them as you have requested, but as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will enter the land. And so Moses pleads with them again, and um, God says, okay, basically none of the adults will be able to go to the promised land, but all of the kids will be able to go. So Moses tells the people what God has said, and they're filled with grief. And the ten men Moses had sent who had incited rebellion are struck dead with the plague. So they, they get punished in a different way. Only Joshua and Caleb were untouched with that. So the people decide to go to the promised land anyway, saying, we realize that we have sinned, but now we want to go to the land God promised him. And Moses says, no, don't. God's not happy with you. He is not with you. Don't go. But they do it anyway. And um, so they head on out and then they get chased and and moses described it as a bunch of bees chasing them back (laughs) to the land um so after that god responds and he says not even you moses will enter the promised land instead your assistant joshua will lead the people encourage him i will give the land to your little ones your innocent children. You were afraid they would be captured, but they will be the ones who occupy it. So a lot of story real quick. We're going to continue on. So the summary is God wants to bless his people and promises to bring him to this beautiful land. The people forget what God has done and what he's currently doing for them, and they freak out. (laughs) Um, So what can we learn from this passage? We can choose who we believe, right? They had the spies that were saying, no, we can't. And they had Joshua and Caleb were suing, saying, yes, we can. And they had God, <laughs> the promises that God had said. And, but they got to choose who they believed. Another thing is there are negative consequences when we don't believe what God says, right? So when we don't believe it, we can miss out on blessing. We can miss out on time, relationships, our relationship with God, and sometimes there's even punishment. We see that in this passage, that when we don't obey or don't believe, there can be punishment. We can allow fear, anxiety, and doubt to rule our thoughts and emotions on a daily basis. We may miss out on miracles 
Those adults did not get to go see the promised land and the fulfillment of what God had promised Abraham so long ago. We learn that God does what he says, right? Even though he made it so that the adults could not go because of their sin, he still promised with blessing, fulfilled that promise to the kids, and they got to fulfill that promise, which is pretty amazing. And often God's promises require something of us, right? God promised them that they would take the land, but they had to go and do it with his help. They had to actually follow through with the things that he had commanded. Uh, <clears throat> so when it's one example I thought of for this about we have something to do, and part of it is so often in the Bible, Jesus promises peace in our life that peace is available and that Jesus is with us all the time and that he is the prince of peace. But if we get so wrapped up in what's happening with ourselves, if we get so wrapped up in our anxiety and fear, even though Jesus is right here with us and he has that peace for us, we can not let it affect us. We can be consumed by fear, anxiety, and worry, even though it's right here. And so we have to accept it. We have to spend time with Jesus and take that peace from him. And so that's that interchange of what God is doing something that he promised, and we need to activate to be able to see that promise. But my question for you today is, whose report will you believe? For your own life, whose report will you believe? Will you believe God or something or someone else? Our enemy does not want us to believe the promises of God. Our flesh, our sin nature, does not want us to believe the promises of God. And sometimes even if we fully believe in the promises of God, we have a moment where, I got it, I'm solid with this. Circumstances and doubt can start to creep in and we can start to doubt the promises of God. So what can make us doubt God's promises? Not continuing to grow in your relationship with Jesus. This is so important, and this is why Ben and I talk about it all the time. Jesus is your anchor. He's the one that's going to prevent doubt and fear and anxiety. And if you are not continually going to him and spending time with him and building your relationship with him, you will start to doubt what has been said. Another thing is thinking you can do it on your own. (laughs) This can often be a subtle shift, right? Where we have, again, moments where we're really relying on God and then maybe things aren't so difficult in our life anymore and it's starting to get easier and then we think, well, I got this now. I made it through that and now I'm good. But then (laughs) then we have slipped away from relying on Jesus. Another one is believing in things that don't line up with the word of God. This can also be a subtle shift, right? Where maybe you're not studying the word of God to see what it's really, what's really in there. We need to make sure that we're believing the truth and what is true. Allowing fear, anxiety, or doubt to direct your life. This is so easy to do. It's so easy to be consumed by different emotions and allow them to crowd out what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Allow them to crowd out what the Word is saying to you as you read it. 
And so that can make us doubt what God's promises are. The fifth one is straying from what God said. And we can do this in a lot of different ways, right? We can do this through sin, doubt, fear, laziness, disobedience. All of these things can make us slowly step off the path of the promises of God and onto our own understanding and what we think should happen. So whose report will you believe? This can be tricky because, again, if we're not studying the Word of God, if we're not spending time with Jesus, you can start to believe wrong things. So how do we know what the right report is? The Israelites had the two reports, and they had to decide which one they were going to believe was right. So how do we know what's right? Well, first, we've got to identify where the thought is coming from, the doubt, the fear, the anxiety. Identify where is that report coming from? Who's bringing it? Is it God and the Word of God, or is it something or someone else? We need to make sure we know where it's coming from. Or it can come from ourselves, too, allowing fear and anxiety. We need to pray and ask God for help. He can tell you where it's coming from. He can give you discernment. He can give you hope and faith. So involve the Holy Spirit into this process of determining it. Memorize and use scripture to remind you of the truth. This is so important. Again, studying scripture for yourself because we can see um, multiple times in the Bible, whether it's Adam and Eve or even Jesus in the wilderness, where Satan uses scripture in in a wrong way. He twists it. He perverts the scripture to try to convince them to do something against God's promises. And so we need to know by study what the word says and how to use it correctly. So memorize and use scripture. Get help from a mature believer. If you are really just feeling constantly, you're going back and forth between feelings and emotions and doubt and all these things, get help. Ask for someone to mentor you, to help you, to be there, to encourage you, to talk you through it. And then repeat. (laughs) Why did I say that? Because you're probably going to end up back in another place at some point where you're going to have to go through these steps again and that's okay. It's part of the journey of having a walk with Jesus. It's okay to start through that again. My question is, it's interesting, is what if Noah didn't believe the promises of God and didn't build the ark? What if Gideon didn't believe that God would bring his army to victory? What if Esther decided that the promises of God weren't true and that it was too difficult and so she gave up? What if Joseph decided that God had abandoned him and never got to the place of influence that would eventually save Israel from famine? What if Adam and Eve had believed the promises of God? How would life be different? All right, so what should we do about this today? Consider your salvation. If God can create a way throughout all of history to bring us to redemption and a relationship with him. Then he is so capable of doing small little things for us along the way and to fulfill promises that don't seem so vast and so huge and change history, right? So consider your salvation. And also the hope that we have with salvation of an eternal life with God. 
Don't, let, don't neglect the daily promises in search for the, of the big promises. So this is one of the main things that I was feeling like God wanted to talk to us about today. And what I mean by, so none of the promises of God are little, or there's not like a different varying thing of them, right, where one is big, one's little. It feels like that to us. But there's scriptures all throughout the Bible that talk about God will give us peace, or he will give us joy, or these different things. And Jesus asks that we pray and ask God for our daily bread. But then there's these bigger ones that we think about where God's going to heal us physically, or he's going to heal our mind, or he's going to grow someone's arm back, or whatever it is that you've seen in scripture. And I do believe that Jesus still does these things today. Absolutely. That is why we are praying every Sunday for miracles, because we believe that God still does miracles. And we believe that we are going to see them in this church. So this is not to diminish the, the miracles that we're really hoping to see, those ones that we can't accomplish on our own. But when it comes to the promises of God, some of those promises like that, for instance, healing, yes, I believe God can heal, he's healed me. But maybe we won't see the healing, the full healing, until we get a new body in heaven when we're resurrected and go to be with Jesus. So that's an example. So if that's the case, then what promises of God can I rely on between now and then when that promise is fulfilled? And that's the more daily promises. The Bible has so many scriptures about don't fear, don't worry, that God will take care of you. So we need to rely on those on a daily basis. So let me make it personal. And Chiquetta, what you shared today was perfect with this. When you were talking about trying to go home and walking and, and let God just help me with this next step. And similar to what I was going to share. So a couple months ago, apparently I broke a toe, but didn't know it. Um, but my, it was just very painful to walk. And um, then... This week, I was officially diagnosed with long-haul COVID, where my symptoms are very different from Ben, where my symptoms are joint and muscle pain that average about a two to a four on the pain scale every day. And then I get weird random spikes in joints that can be like an eight or a nine in pain, and those can last from a couple seconds to like 30 seconds, and then they go away. And so the combination of that and my foot with the broken toe that is taking a long time makes everything that I do hurt. So when I do grocery shopping or house cleaning or walk the dog, I'm in pain. And so I'm totally believing that God is going to heal me. And so I'm not giving up on a full and complete healing, but I still have to make it through every day. So what are my choices? I can be paralyzed by it. I can sleep in bed and, and pretend, you know, want to act like the world will go away, or I can rely on the promises of God. So let me give you a practical example. Our German shepherd, she's only two. She needs to be walked every day. And so there are many days where I get about 20 feet down from our house, and I realize that my foot is hurting so bad. And over and over and over again, I have asked God, I need to do this. Not just for the dog, but it's good for me too, right? It's good for me to be outside. It's good for me to be in the sunshine. It's good for me to exercise. And, but I cannot do this 
without you. God, can you please help me with this walk? Every single time, the pain has gone away. And then when I come back in the house and I sit down, it comes back. (laughs) But it is this daily thing, moment by moment, of my choice to, to lean on Jesus, to trust Jesus, to get what I need from Jesus, whether it's peace or joy or less pain or wisdom or grace, whatever I need for that moment, for that day, Jesus is faithful. And he provides it. And so don't Forget to ask God and enter into the promises that God has given you for each day because you're looking for the big answer. Because the reality is is that in this life, we were created to worship Jesus. We were created to have a relationship with Jesus. We were created to lean on Jesus. And so I have an opportunity right now to do it more than ever before. And it's not been easy, but it has been beautiful. Moments of God's presence, him speaking to me, taking away pain, helping me through difficult stuff. And as hard as it is, I wouldn't trade it. I don't want to trade the relationship that I have with Jesus for less pain. I love Jesus. He has things for me in store that are beautiful and wonderful, and I don't want to miss out. And so I'm going to rely on the promises of God. All right, so back to what should we do about this today? We did consider your salvation. Don't neglect some promises for other promises. Write down or read what God has promised. Maybe you don't know the promises of God. There's a lot of them. So write them down and and read them. Write down what you're supposed to do and what God said he'd do. Remember I said earlier that there are a lot of promises where there's something that we have to activate? So what do you need to do and then what what is God going to do? So that you can do what you need to do to see those things happen. Jesus is saying, ask for what you need today. That's something that you can do. Ask the Holy Spirit to increase your faith in the promises of God and help you be obedient. We need help to believe. We need help to trust and have faith. And so the Holy Spirit is there, active, waiting to interact with us on this, to give us the faith and the hope that we need. And then ask the Holy Spirit to show you one thing that you need to do this week. What's one promise that you need to activate in your life? Maybe it's something that you need to adjust, a thought process, a sin habit, something that you need to change this week that will allow the activation of the promises of God. Maybe, like I said, you just need to figure out what they are so that you know what you're trusting in, what's available to you, right? So I just want to pray for us real quick as we close about this because I feel like God is, like I said, wanting to bring supernatural miracles into our lives and into our neighborhoods and into our communities, into this city. 
But the fact of the matter is, if we don't have the peace and the joy of the relationship with Jesus, then we are no different than anybody else. We will find other things as a substitute to try to get us to that place of peace and joy. But that is false. It's hollow. And so I believe that what God is asking us to do is before he answers the big things, which I know he's going to do, he wants us to clue into this. Whose report are you going to believe on a daily basis? Who are you going to rely on on a daily basis? Who are you going to invite into your moments over and over and over again? I hope it's Jesus. Because our relationship with him matters so much and is so precious. And he loves you, and he thinks that you are so precious. So let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you guide us in truth, and I thank you that you have so many beautiful promises in store for us, that you are with us, that you will be with us through the difficult and through the good. And I thank you for the endless times that you have provided things for me that I need every day. And God, I pray that for our church family, Lord, that you would help us grow in relying on you, in communing with you, in speaking with you, in sharing good things and difficult things with you. Lord, that we would be good at asking for help, that we would be good at allowing your peace to actually affect us, allowing your wisdom and grace to actually affect us. But God, we will also not stop believing for the miraculous, for miraculous healing, for miraculous provision, for salvations of those around us that you have put in our lives. Because God, we also know that you are in those miracles as well. God, I pray this week that you would draw each of us closer to you in a beautiful way. Help us to grow in our assurance, in our faithfulness, in our foundation of trusting and believing in you. And Father, if there's anything that comes up as doubt this week, Lord, help us to process it with each other. Help us to process it with you and come to an understanding of who you are and all your beautiful love and kindness toward us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for coming today. Don't forget to sign up um, for the City Kids event next week. Have a beautiful day. Love you and praying for you. We'll see you soon.